The show starts in three, two, one. There goes that man's jockstrap. <laughs> oh my God, did you see that? <laughs> America's team? Yeah, right. Oh, baby, it's a big day in sports. There's nothing like battling it out with your teammates all season long to go win a championship. Green Bay's got it this year. Huge move for him. I think it's going to be a game changer. We have a lot to talk about this busy week in the sports world. Welcome to the In a League of Their Own podcast. The In a League of Their Own podcast is brought to you by Golf Kicks. Screw your shoes. Buy Canadips. Rep Sports. Buy Smooth My Balls. And buy Streamer Loot. Check out the In the League of Their Own merch line today. Welcome to the show. Let's see what Austin and Colin are diving into today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 81 of the In the League of Their Own podcast. In memory of Kobe's birthday this week, it was only fitting to talk about his iconic 81-point game. On January 22nd, 2006, Kobe dropped 81 points on the Toronto Raptors. Kobe went 28 for 46 from the field, including seven three-pointers and 18 free throws. So shout out to the Black Mamba. And then over to the NFL. Um, what is the latest starting things off today? Um, Teddy Bridgewater wins the Denver Broncos starting quarterback job over Drew Locke. Um, I knew this was coming ever since Denver picked him up. Um, yeah, I just feel like me. I don't know. Drew Locke just hasn't had things go his way early on. And it's, until Teddy Bridgewater sucks, I don't think Drew Locke's going to be a quarterback in the NFL anywhere. Yeah, I mean, he's he's looked better, like, in training camp. He supposedly has looked better, and even the kind of some of the highlights I've seen from the preseason. Um, he's had some better throws, some better reads, but um, Drew Locke's better state than last year is still not better than Tr- Teddy Bridgewater on a bad day, in my opinion. So kind of like you said, as soon as they went and picked him up from Carolina uh, earlier this offseason, it was kind of a given when you bring in a guy like that um, with the experience of doing what he did um, in New Orleans and Minnesota. Um, Yeah, seems like Teddy's going to be a good fit for Denver for the meantime. And yeah, uh, Drew Locke, he's going to be kind of riding the pine for a while and um, if a team does come in need of a quarterback, I feel like there's going to be a handful of names that come ahead of him before he would get the nod from another team to get brought in. So, um, yeah, um, Drew Locke's still really young, so it sucks to see a guy's career kind of go out the window early on. But at the same time, um, they know they know the NFL is a win now league, and if you're not winning your team games, they got to move on to somebody else. Um, speaking of QB positions being named, uh, Matt Nagy, uh, earlier this week announced that Andy Dalton will be the starter for week one for Chicago. So, um, Justin Fields will be starting their last preseason game this weekend, um, to give Dalton some rest for week one. Um, 
what do you think about that move? I know we Justin Fields has looked good, but again, kind of one of those situations where Andy Dalton has the better experience, um, obviously been in the league for a really long time. Um, do you like Dalton over Fields now, or do you think that they should give Fields a nod earlier on and see what he can do? I don't ever think it's a good idea if you have a veteran uh, quarterback who's able to take the reins and play first. Uh, I feel like you give it to the veteran just because there's no upside to starting a rookie and then they don't start off too hot. And then you may have just killed all their confidence for their whole entire career where they can never bounce back from that, where you kind of do what the Packers did with Aaron Rodgers and the chiefs did with Mahomes. You know, the type of quarterback you have, you sit them until they're 100% ready to come in and succeed to not just come in and tread water. Um, I feel like Andy Dalton, especially, he's, he's going to be under a lot of heat. I know, especially Matt Nagy as well. The first couple drives, if they go three and out or don't end up in the end zone, uh, people are going to be calling for Justin Fields to come in. But at this point, I don't think that would be a smart move. Same yeah. with like the, the Mac Jones situation in New England. There's no upside to starting a rookie and then they don't get off to the start that you hoped that they wanted. And then they just never turn out to be who you thought or who they should be Mm -hmm. because their confidence isn't there. When's the earliest you think that like fields or Mac Jones for that matter should be on the field. Obviously situational based on the year. It's a little bit different. I can see if, if they're not doing well, I could see Mac Jones playing at the end of the season, potentially. But if they're in, like, in the hunt for the playoffs, I don't know. It's just – it's hard – it's really hard to tell because that's the only situation I could see a rookie actually stepping in and playing. I don't see Fields getting on the field at all this season unless the season's completely blown out, you know, like they're way out of the hunt. I don't see Trey Lance coming in. I see Jimmy G riding the ship there. Where Cam Newton, he's on that one-year deal for $3 million. That's not a bad cost for a backup. You know, $3 million, that's pretty cheap, and you have a pretty good backup there. So that's the only situation I can see where if, I don't know, Bill knows what's best for his football team and whatever he decides to do going forward, obviously I'm not going to doubt him doing that, but I just – I feel like Cam Newton should try to carry as much of the load as he can until you have to turn it over to Mac Jones. Yeah. But and he's the most ready now. Yeah. And, but, and obviously there's very different situations from Chicago to New England where Belichick could have five sh- shitty straight years in a row before, the, he's on the hot seat. before the organization would consider, all right, Bill's getting old. Maybe we got to bring somebody else in where, yeah, Matt Nagy, he sticks it out with Dalton too long and they and shit hits the fan. He could get the boot. He brings fields in too early and he shits the bed. Um, and get then, the and then tries to go back to Dalton and looks like an idiot where, um, who did that happen with? Um, oh, last year with Nagy, how he had falls in and then went to, or had Trubisky in started for like four and one or four and two, Trubisky, yeah, and then Trubisky was they were winning games, but Trubisky wasn't playing well. Foles steps in. Well, Trubisky got hurt. Foles came in. They were shit. They lost like what six straight, and then they went to. They went back to Trubisky. 
at the I end think, of the season when the season was over. Did he get hurt? I thought that he was just not playing. I well. thought that's why they went to Folds because they were playing really well underneath him. They were winning, you know, or maybe you were right. Maybe that was just a what the fuck. Yeah. Moment. I don't remember what happened. I don't think I don't think he got hurt. I think yes, they were winning football games thanks to their defense, but Trubisky just was not playing well. They realized, oh, we have Nick Foles. He won a Super Bowl. He's still a viable QB, at least they thought. So they brought him in thinking that he could kind of turn things around because I think maybe after the Bears lost like two in a row or something, that's when they changed to Foles. But I know that they won more games with Trubisky starting than Foles um, last year. I think they went – what did they go, 8-8 eight and eight and snuck into the playoffs or – Nine and seven or whatever. Looking um, right now, they started off three. They started off five and one. Yeah. And then they lost the next six. Yeah. So they started five and one with Trubisky. Switched to Foles for some reason. Hold on, let me see. Because I'll be able to actually tell you who played what. Cause yeah, cause I remember him getting hurt. It was just kind of one of those what the fuck moments of why are they pulling out Trubisky when they're still winning games. But, but yeah, I mean for this season you don't Nagy obviously doesn't want the same thing to happen to where. He's going back and forth between quarterbacks because then that questions your decision-making as a head coach. If you're like, oh, this is the guy. Just kidding, this is the guy. Oh, he's not good. Let's go back to the other guy. That makes you look like an idiot if you're switching back and forth that much. So they actually had three quarterbacks play last year. Tyler Bray played one game. Nick Foles played nine. And Trubisky played ten. So they switched off on some games then because that's more. Tyler, Tyler Bray went one for five and he got knocked out of the game. He got hurt. Hmm. I'm trying to remember who, uh, when the Packers played them for their last game of the year, or not the last ga- uh, game of the year, but the last time that the Packers and Bears played. Um, who was playing at that point? Was it? I'm looking right now. Trubisky or was it? The whole thing pulled up. It it was Mitchell Trubisky, 33 for 42, 252. Yeah, they played them. Was that week 15? 16, 17. 17. Or no, they played. And then when we played them in November. It was Trubisky still. 26 for 46, 252, or 242. Three touchdowns, two picks. So basically after the Packers played them the first time, between that point and when they played them the second time, that was when Foles had his stretch in between that pretty much then. Well, there's the start of their losing streak was when they played the Rams, and that's when Foles played. Yeah. So, yeah, Dalton or 
Trubisky started five and one, and then for whatever reason, they decided to go with Foles the next game against Los Angeles at Los Angeles. And then he lost one, two, three, four, four games in a row. Then they went to Trubisky for the Lions, Packers, Texans. Then they went back to Foles for the Vikings, Jags. And then they went back to Trubisky for the Packers. What a shit show. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Isn't Nagy a def- or defensive-minded quarterback? He's or a quarter- he's Oh, he's a quarterback coach. Okay, so he- that makes even less sense. It may, like... That's why the pressure's... That's why he's on the hot seat so early is because he is an offensive guy. Yeah. Well, especially if, I mean... I mean, that's tougher. That's going to be tough for Nagy then because obviously Dalton is not a top 10 quarterback anymore. So it's going to be tough to win games with him. And then if um, if he does give the nod to Fields, he's basically put it, putting all his marbles out there in, in Fields', Fields bucket <laughs> to basically, hey, I need you to play well, otherwise I'm gone kind of thing. Because you can't pull what he did last year. Start with Dalton, go to Fields, go back to Dalton. Because I guarantee if he switches to Fields and then Fields loses two, three in a row, probably by halfway through the year, Nagy gets fired and offensive or defensive coordinator becomes the interim head coach. And that's why you should just stick with the red rifle for the season. Yeah. But at the same time, like you said, if the season goes to shit, they're out of the playoff hunt, they're bottom of the division. Right. If you have not, if you, there's no chance you're making the playoffs, it doesn't hurt to get him some experience. Yeah. But yeah, it's definitely an interesting situation in Chicago. I know that they're kind of, I don't know, even that deep, like that defense is just kind of holding that team together right now. If that defense doesn't have a good year, Fuck, they could be right down there with the Lions as far as win total being under 500. So, mm-hmm. which as a Packers fan, it's always fun to see the Bears have a bad year. But, but yeah, um, going back to um, some more points here. Um, again, another QB getting named. This is probably the least um, surprising one is Trevor Lawrence being named QB1 for week one. Um, he's been kind of expected to have that QB one spot since he got drafted, essentially, even though Gardner Minshew was basically like, I'm still here. I'm still balling. And, uh, Urban Meyer and Lawrence got this good relationship that, um, apparently Gardner Minshew, no matter how good he was playing, he wasn't going to get the nod. So I think this might bite Jacksonville in the ass. Yeah. I was excited for this Jacksonville team um, early on. Like, they got Urban Meyer, who's obviously had a great experience and good resume with Ohio State. Trevor Lawrence hasn't lost a game since high school. Obviously, that's going to change very early on in his NFL career. Um, Looking at the preseason, the offensive line is atrocious. It's very similar to kind of what, like, Wentz had – or um yeah but that last game they had four backups in against the saints who are a fucking good team yeah i guess a lot of people are like 
you can't take shit about the preseason no matter what. Like, even all these people talking shit about Urban Meyer and how Jacksonville's in trouble. They look like they're just going to be bottom of the barrel again, yada, yada, yada. The last time the Lions and whoever, somebody else went undefeated in the preseason, they went up. They didn't get a win. They went own 16. So yeah, the Browns and the Lions both. Yeah, did that. so the preseason doesn't mean shit no matter what. Um earlier, the la- only thing I have on the NFL is um watched Pat McAfee's show a little bit this morning. They had special guest Aaron Rodgers on during his lunch break, and he was just talking about um how it kind of was coming back to the team. And he's like, it kind of was like the a kid showing up to a new school for the first time, like didn't know what to expect walking back into the building type of thing. And he goes, but once I got back into the locker room, hung up my shit. And then everybody who's the lockers next to me, I forgot who he said. Burks was one of them, but he's just like, once we all got to crack a jokes or whatever, he's just like, everything is smooth sailing now. And then he was talking about some of the wide receivers, how Randall Cobb every day continues to, to show the all the Packers organization is kind of what he was getting at was that he's making plays every single day that are making people go like, wow, he's still got like, he's still got it. That's why 12 wanted him here so bad. Like, Mm -hmm. and then he was talking about Amari Rogers saying how he's been having a pretty good camp so far, but just a typical one that you'd see of a rookie, some highs, some lows, some struggling, a lot of information being thrown at you really fast. And he said, especially in green Bay where he does so many more different things than other quarterbacks do as far as signs and all that stuff. He expects wide receivers to do a lot more than other teams do. Mm-hmm. And he said that some point during the season that he, he'll be the, the starting slot guy once he gets all of his little kinks worked out, but those two are going to be done. He said that they're, they're looking really good. <laughs> he said he's can't be more happy right now. Yeah. It's, I, I was kind of wondering, like he's, talked about his relationship with the front office and kind of what happened through the whole off season, but um, seems to be going pretty good from, yeah. Um, like they're joking around him and Gutenkus are shooting shit at practice mm-hmm. and stuff. So it seems like whatever the issue was, they've gotten over that hump. Yeah. It's all I mean, about football now. I'm sure, I'm sure getting Cobb back was a big part of it to where Rogers was like, all right, I'll come back. you, Got rid of all these really good players, make 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 it right and get at least one of them back. And obviously Cobb was probably the highest on that list of okay, he's still in the league, he's ready to he's still young enough to play and he's good to go. Um, but I'm sure there's other things. I mean, obviously there's a list of things that had to happen for Rogers to come back. Again, him talking about him being kind of a scout, a recruiter, um, having kind of a not necessarily saying, oh, I want this guy to get drafted, but most more or less being a part of that conversation. To yeah, where... He just wants his input to be heard and valued, not just yeah them not even to fucking ask. Yeah. So over the past couple of years, Rodgers found out who the draft pick was, watching it on TV just like the rest of us, where most teams will call their QB, hey, we're going to pick up this guy. like Just to let you know. Just to let you know. Rodgers never got that call, ever from my understanding, since he's been with the Packers. So, um, I don't know. Again, it's I'm glad it's all smoothed over, but we'll kind of see how, as the season goes on, um, again, 
before the trade deadline, that'll be kind of another indicator as to if the Packers are going to listen to Rogers more by maybe picking up a free agent um, as, as the season goes on, finding our linebackers are a little weak, our secondaries banged up, our offensive lines banged up pre trade deadline to go out and pick up a guy or two to see if the Packers do that. That's something they usually never do pick up somebody right before that um, the trade deadline. So um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting year. It'll be kind of nice to see hopefully a revamped, Green Bay Packers kind of doing things that they've never done before. And hopefully it's enough to get them over that NFC championship hump. Um, I know it's going to be tougher to get there this year. Obviously the Bucks are back the same, literally um, exactly the same as last year, bringing back all their starters. And then that West is going to be healthy. Um, the Seahawks should be a little better as Russ got some more protection. The 49ers will be healthy. The Rams got a better QB. Their defense is back and healthy. I mean, those are going to be three tough teams to go through in the playoffs. Um, again, along with Tampa Bay, uh, the Saints as well, um, which I guess brings me to one of my last points here is uh, Mr. MVP so or to be uh, Jameis Winston balled out Monday night uh, against the Jags going nine for 10 and two touchdowns. Um, so that Saints team is going to be right there in the mix too. So long as again, especially with Michael Thomas coming back at some point. <clears throat> yeah, because he's gonna he's supposed to be out what the first handful of weeks. There's no no time. Table. What was his thing again? Didn't he get like a surgery super late for whatever reason? Last year, I guess there was multiple Saints players who were told you either get the surgery now and you miss the latter half of last season and the all of them I guess said no and they wanted to try to make the playoffs and make a Super Bowl push for Drew Brees last season they didn't want to they wanted to do it for Drew Brees basically so they all said no there was like two linemen and Michael Thomas and then instead of getting it right away at the end of the season I don't know why they didn't do it then but then it lingered all this fucking time and I guess Michael Thomas wasn't answering phone calls from the Saints for a while because he was pissed at, I guess, how they handled this whole thing and he wanted to get it done. And they told him, I don't know, it's a huge fucking thing with like miscommunication and whatnot. But no one really knows when he's going to be back. And that's a huge question mark for them. But their defense is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. On that, um, the Winston, the two touchdowns he had to that Callaway, he looked really good. He's a rookie, isn't he? Yeah, he came out of nowhere. Definitely so, made a name for himself. Yeah, I mean, if if those two catches were fucking phenomenal. Yeah, just going off a of Monday night's game. I mean, he's should solidify himself on that roster. So, um, and especially if they're looking to fill that void of Michael Thomas, you need a, a young guy like that to ball out and prove himself. So he's fast. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, again, the Saints will be right, should hopefully be right there this year. I know it was kind of on the fence with them this year to where they could kind of get close to matching what they did last year, or they're going to be under 500 because they can't find a, a obviously can't find a match for Drew Brees under center. But um, yeah, Jameis Winston and his new eyeballs, we'll see how they do this year. They're looking pretty good so far. <laughs> And my last point for the NFL, um, 
going back to the jigs is Travis uh, Etienne uh, is out for the year with a foot injury. Um, their first round draft pick, 25th overall. Um, that I mean, they have um, what's his name? They uh, just drafted him last year for running back. Um, Jigs running backs. James Robin Robinson. They drafted him last year. Um, they also have Carlos Hyde, who who came over from the 49ers, and then they have Etienne, um, who obviously is out for the year. So uh obviously the Jakes haven't really been known for having good running backs since um Maurice Jones Drew. He was kind of the last notable running back that that team has had. So sucks to see that they're gonna be without uh Etienne. Uh James Robinson had a good year the last year. I think he either led rookies or was second best for yardage for rookie running backs. So we'll see what happens there. But yeah, another, again, hit to that Jake's team that really can't afford um, any downs when they're trying to rebuild it. Yeah. That's all I had for the NFL. Yeah. I didn't have nothing else. Slow times right now. Yeah. Um, then we can jump into our Wisconsin Wednesday segment. Uh, what you got going on in the, in the state of Wisconsin? So in the state of Wisconsin, um, the Wisconsin better football team has just reached 90% vaccination um, Paul Chris came out and spoke to the media the other week or the other day, excuse me, and uh, just address how he's very happy with the amount of guys on the team that were willing to come around and get the job done, um, getting that vaccine done so that they didn't have to forfeit any games this season. Um, other thing that I have is Wisconsin high school football is getting underway tonight uh, or not tonight, excuse me, uh, this week. I think some teams played last week, but I think all of it starts like this week. Um, so that's exciting time for all these high school kids who are out there strapping on the pads. Um, yeah, that's kind of really all I had. Sounds good. Um, yeah, I just had two points to throw out there as well. Um, one being that Kevin King spoke on his NFC championship woes for the first time earlier this week. He pointed out his failures from that game uh, and despite becoming a free agent this offseason stated he wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Uh, he and the Packers agreed to a one-year contract and King is going to look to redeem himself this year. So um, I kind of see how that goes. Kind of taking it. Stokes. Yeah. Kind of taking it with a grain of salt, hoping that Kevin King gets torched literally the first time he gets a ball thrown his way in week one and Packers are like, all right, you still suck and Stokes sees the field. So um, I don't know. I mean, I guess good for the guy to have a chip on his shoulder to say, I to come out and say, yeah, I did this wrong. I did that wrong. Um, yeah. You fucked us out of the Super Bowl. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm, we'll see how it goes for him again. Yeah. Excited for Stokes at, at first when they drafted him, I was like, all right, here goes another wasted draft pick, but 
He looks like he's had a really good training camp. Um, he's made some plays in preseason games as well, but yeah, we'll see how that goes. And then the last point for Wisconsin is in the Northwoods League. A champion was crowned last Friday. The Traverse City Pittsfitters defeated the St. Cloud Rocks in 9-3. to um, Traverse City overcame the odds as they were the second worst ranked team going into the playoffs. Uh, second worst record, I should say. So made their way through the um, divisional uh, playoffs uh, and won it last Friday. So Northwoods League is wrapped up for the year. And that's all I got for Wisconsin Wednesday. Um, that was so funny. That just took me right back to when we were watching the draft and they go, Eric Stokes. And we're just like, who the fuck is Eric Stokes? Yeah, I remember that. Because Packers were like the 30th pick and we were sitting there for like two and a half, three hours. Like, all right, all right. They're going to draft a receiver this year. I can feel it. Cornerback, Eric <laughs> Stokes. It's like, God damn it, not again. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, I don't know. The pa- the Packers have been known for that at the same time in the draft that they draft somebody's like, who the fuck we is that develop, guy? We just and then they develop, yeah, and they develop good guys. Um, so I don't know. But yeah, it was a funny moment. Um, yeah, we could jump over to the NBA here then. What you got over there? Coach Mike Budenholzer signs a three-year extension with the Milwaukee Bucks after winning the NBA title last season. Huge move for the Bucks. I feel like he fits he fits right in kind of with how this team works in the city and just the state operates. It's kind of show bring your lunch pail to work, show up and work. So um great move by the Bucks and good job for Budenholzer locking down that three year bag. Yeah. It was kind of it's funny how going into the playoffs, it's like, all right, if he doesn't make it to the finals, he's getting the boot like most likely. And now he's through the 2024 season. So, yeah. 24-25, yeah. So, good for him to lock that down. I mean, obviously, an extension doesn't – I mean, it, it, he's getting paid, but at the same time, he can still get the boot at any time. So, um, yeah. And then the other point – the only point that I had to add on to that for the NBA is that uh, J.R. Smith um, started class this week as he went back to college at – North Carolina A&T Aggies. Um, he's also going to be on the golf team as he is has eligibility since he never played college ball. Um, so, yeah, was, I've seen videos of people like um, on like Snapchat or Instagram, like walking past him in the halls and stuff. And it's like, oh, my God, it's J.R. Smith. And it's like, like he's just a fucking student. Yeah, it's like it's just another student. I mean, it's, it's no like big deal. That's no other deal than professional athletes after their careers are over going back to school and finishing their careers. Yeah. You know, you know, finishing their degrees and stuff like people don't make fucking big deals out of that. No. Or even like Smith. Cause I think this is unique because he skipped college and now he's going back to college. So like, this is cool. So this is like a cool type of experience here that we haven't seen really before. Yeah. In the that, public eye, I should say. Mm hmm. And that's funny, too, that, like, if he would have went to college, it's like, he obviously would have had to go on scholarship to where now it's just, that's pocket change to him to be able to afford to go to school. Oh, he's got the best clubs. He's probably going to have a caddy for every event. Yeah. Like, he's going to be golfing with poor college kids, and this guy's a fucking multi-millionaire. I know. 
That <laughs> being on that golf team though, you're gonna have some wicked parties though, dude. Yeah, I want. Well, I wonder how that even works. Obviously, there's got to be like cuts and stuff to where you have to golf so good to be able to be on the team. Well, he made the team. Oh, he made the team already. Yeah, he made the team. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can look on their on their when they were showing on Monday when he showed up to classes. They actually pulled up his profile on their like school website and it shows J.R. Smith. He's on the golf roster. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, but they don't start. I mean, obviously they like they practice well, North, and stuff North right Carolina, now. Carolina, they could probably golf all year round. Oh yeah, I suppose. Probably go down to Florida, Texas, all those. Oh yeah, yeah. Just but well, I don't know. Is tech is North Carolina so like AT? Is that D one? D one golf. Oh, okay. So yeah, then they definitely can just travel anywhere to golf all year round. And if not, he's got the money to be like, hey boys, hop on the PJ. Let's go. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> Coach, come on, let's go. Yeah. Paying for the plane. Let's... <laughs> That's hilarious. But that's yeah. one of probably the stipulations of the university. I will be supplying transportation myself to everywhere we go. Yeah. Private jets only. The school's like, you have to be on the plane. You have to, like, be here at this time. It's like, fuck that. I'm going to sleep in an extra hour. I'll take my own plane. <laughs> <sighs> but, yeah, um, that's all that's going on in the NBA. Um, yeah. Not a whole lot. Again, it's still – a little over a month away, or about a month away before we get to preseason basketball. So we're kind of in that lull for that season. Yeah, and I guess just one other thing to mention, New York Knicks, New Orleans Noel, sues Rich Paul uh, slash Clutch Sports, claiming $58 million lost in potential salary. Um, and his deal, uh, Rich Paul also represents LeBron James. He represents multiple huge, huge uh, people. So this is going to be interesting to see what happens with this. So Maybe we're stealing some money. Yeah, or just didn't like or just got him a fucking shit deal shit after deal, yeah. after he was promised something else in writing. Because you don't sue somebody if something wasn't in writing. You know what I mean? Especially at that level when it's for $58 million. So clearly he feels like he got fucked over some way. Yeah, I'm just looking at it quick to see if there's any anything on it. It just says that there's no like he claims, yeah, it just says he claimed he lost $58 million in potential salary between 2017 and 2020. So, um, yeah, obviously he's got to have something to go off of. If he's repre- representing big names like LeBron James and I'm sure dozens of other athletes um, across all major sports, um, you got to know what you're doing when you're going after somebody like that. Yeah, this is just these are just a few of the players that he represents here. John Wall, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Ben Simmons, Draymond Green, Lonzo Blall, Eric Bledsoe, Jordan Clarkson. And then there's a handful. J.R. Smith is actually one of his <laughs> clients. But yeah, it's all guys that are making a fuck ton of money, dude. The top six on that list are making 44 million, 41, 35, 33, 24, and then 18. Hmm. Yeah, KCP's on there. Yeah, there's a handful of people who he represents. I knew he was a big, big fucking guy. Yeah. You got Ben Simmons, a hell of a deal. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) And he's not even probably going to be playing. 
Might as well retire with all that money. Yeah, no kidding. Um, yeah, yeah, I'll switch things over here to the MLB then. Uh, yesterday, the Brewers kicked off their midweek series with a 7-4 win over the Reds after overcoming a 4-1 deficit going into the seventh inning. They had a four-run seventh inning. Um, yeah, obviously a great comeback. And I was kind of watching the game early on. It was like, oh, down 4-1, down 4-1, down 4-1. Wasn't really changing. And all of a sudden, look at the final, and they won by three. So um, great to see that. Um, one thing you don't like to see, Eduardo Escobar added to the injured list at yesterday after having a hamstring injury. Looks like it was just a strain. I think they put him on the 10-day IL. So um, looks like he should be back within the next week or so. Um, the Orioles extend their losing streak to 19 as they lose 14-8 to to the LA Angels. Uh, yeah, it's got to suck putting up eight runs and losing a game. <laughs> but Dude, that was like a good... I'll mention it later. Okay. Um, Houston Astros star Alex Bregman uh, back on the field today for the first time since June after dealing with a quad injury. And lastly, uh, Arizona Diamondbacks pitcher Caleb Smith receives a 10-game ban after being caught with foreign substances on his glove in last night's game. So um, don't even know why you're trying it because the MLB literally said, hey, we're going to crack down on it and we're going to check you guys as as much or as little as we want to, and there's still guys trying to get away with it. Did you see that one pitcher? I think it was this weekend. Fucking flipped out on the ump for searching him. Took no, I didn't. His, dude, he took off his glove, chucked it, like, down on the ground, took off his belt and threw his belt, like, at the ump, and he ended up getting tossed out of the game. Then he came back, and I forgot he pitched, I think. That happened last week because I think he pitched Monday or Tuesday, and I saw – when the ump was walking out there to like search him again, he was just laughing his ass off. <laughs> he must have just did it on purpose, just said, fuck this and just I want to go home. Bad night. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can see trying to get it for being a pitcher though, dude. If you really want to go home, just start fucking doinking guys. Yeah. All you do is hit three or four guys and they're sending you home. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not even the coach. It's the fucking ump telling you you're gone. <laughs> yeah, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, whether you're a playoff contending team or not, like, obviously trying to get use these foreign substances is a no-no, but especially for the D-backs, who are literally bottom five teams in the league, and you're trying to, like, why? Like... Because baseball is that sport where it's so fucking difficult, dude, that that minute, tiny little bit of advantage you get is such a huge advantage. Everybody's trying to just like the pine tar on the gloves and how there's some substances that you can. People are always cheating in baseball to get better grip, more spin, whatever the fucking case may be. Yeah. And it's up to the MLB doing their due diligence and catching these people doing it, which it seems like they're doing a pretty good job at it, actually. Yeah, it seems like every other week somebody's getting caught so um but makes you wonder how many people are getting away with it though too probably more than they're getting the caught are really getting checked yeah but i mean as a as another player like what else like other than a pitcher what well fielders can put that shit on their 
hat so they have better grip on the ball to throw it better. Yeah. I don't know. Because they used to cork bats. <laughs> oh, or they or like hollow them out so you get more pop and on them. Stuff it with cork. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, you can get away with that so long as you don't break your bat because then when the ump goes to clean up the pieces and they pick up your bat and see that's hollowed out or it's fucking corked in the middle. Then well, they'd, they'd be able to tell, too, by the sound that it makes. It wouldn't make the whack sound. It'd be like a... Like a pop. Yeah. Yeah. And it'd go like a ping pong ball. Yeah. He actually made one as kids just to see if it actually worked in that fuck. Just like using a metal bat. You don't got to swing hard and just fucking hit it right on that sweet spot where the cork's at. And that, or I know people used to fill uh, for the softball tournaments and shit. People used to cheat and they'd pop off the end and they'd fill the inside of their bat with ping pong balls and they'd put the top back on. So extra fucking pop inside of the, the bat. Hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, the, I remember when I was playing, that was like the prime time of like cheating. People would like hollow out the inside of their bats and fucking do all this other shit where they had testers, like tests at every one of these tournaments where you'd have to test all your bats and shit. And then people would know how to cheat tests and do all this. Other, it's like, how, what fun is that? Yeah. Like how, how, how fun is it to literally... Cause you can hit a home run using any fucking bat in beer league, slow pitch softball, mm -hmm. but then to have to cheat so you can hit a 700 foot home run. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. That's how people die is by getting hit by line drives off those bats and shit like that. It's like, that's why people get hurt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, that's especially it. It's fucking beer league softball. Like, bro, like you're just getting a trophy at the end of the fucking. Some people play competitively though. Yeah. Like, they travel around the country and shit. Like, my cousin, he goes to, like, Florida and Vegas and all over the country playing softball. That'd be fun. Yeah, if, you, if that's what you want to do every single weekend, though, you're over your, you're always traveling. You're always playing during the week. You never. You gotta be good. Time. You gotta be. You gotta be good too, because obviously that's gotta be a job for you to where you gotta be. Absolutely. Placing in one of these somebody, or if they find somebody better who's gonna come in and take your spot. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Well, cool, cool. Then um, I'll wrap things up, throwing it over to you for some hockey. And there is no news currently in the NHL. Um, very silent times here. Um, I guess Seattle Kraken, they had their practice ring built. They started showing pictures of that on Instagram and stuff like that. So I guess you can head on over to Instagram and check that out if you want to. Um, but other than that, I mentioned the news of Jimmy Hayes passing away on uh, Monday, and that's really all the news right now. Um, the whole world is kind of – the hockey world has kind of been stopped by the sudden loss of Jimmy Hayes, and I don't know. It's kind of got the hockey world shaken up right now. Yeah, I know even Spitting Tricklets said that they're not doing an episode this week either. I saw they announced that. A lot of hockey podcasts aren't actually. He was – one of the biggest, you know, he's he he was personal friends with all the spit and chicklets guys too. Like they're from Boston and all that. Like he was personal friends with all those guys, so that's got to be really tough. Yeah. Yeah. Then um, I guess the last kind of thing to talk about is 
uh, in the NCAA, the Big Ten, ACC, and Pac-12 are going to announce that they're going to be forming an alliance to kind of stabilize college football and create a better atmosphere for, I think it was for the 41 teams that would be involved between all those conferences, um, where it's basically going to be uh, this alliance versus SEC kind of thing, where they're trying to dethrone them as the SEC pretty much dominates all of college sports right now. Uh, so, yeah, I'll kind of see how that goes. I don't, I know on Monday you were talking about how um, Kirk Herbstreet said eventually maybe this alliance and like just college football or college teams as a whole are going to pull away from the NCAA and form their own union or organization or whatever it's going to be and do things their way. So I don't know if this is the start of it to where, I mean, if you have Big Ten, ACC, and Pac-12, that's, I mean, out of Power yeah. Five conferences, that's three of them. You have them all on the same page to do one thing. That's majority right there. But they're still under the NCAA at that point, though, so they still really have no dictation of what's going to go on. I feel like with this whole – some outside person with a lot of money who wants to run a football league or do something like that is going to step in and create their own league. Yeah. Look at the big three basketball league that they have, like ice cube started. That shit's fucking huge. Mm -hmm. Like that shit's huge. And that came out of nowhere. So college football, which is even bigger than that. Just think of how much money could be made for somebody but that's all obviously that's a fuck ton of money that you'd have to invest in to get that started because you need stadiums and stuff like that. But I mean, you get a handful of people together. I feel like you can definitely make that happen. Yeah. It makes you, or cause are like these conferences under contract with, with the NCAA too then. So like through X amount of years, the big, yep. Like in five years, the Big Ten could not renew their contract with the NCAA, and then the Big Ten would then cease to exist. Each team signs the contract with the conference, and then the okay, and then the and conference then each signs... conference has to have a certain amount of teams to be eligible, like an actual conference. That's why there was like so many shifting years ago with a Big Twelve or Big Ten split into two mm -hmm. divisions. We absorbed basically three small ass fucking conferences that wouldn't have made it yeah and so they all had to sign contracts with you are now part of the big ten mm -hmm. we own your ass yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens with that i mean things are moving quickly ever since the name image likeness uh things got passed and you say, see basically college athletes every single day signing with uh, these big brands to get paid, which is awesome to see. Um, and then shortly after that, the big 12 looks like it's getting dissolved as, as uh, Texas and Oklahoma left to join the, the SEC starting in two years or next year, whenever that was. And then now this alliance starting. So, I mean, heck in five years, I feel like we might look back and the way college football and just college athletics as a whole is right now, it might be completely different. So definitely going to be fun to watch how this plays out. Yeah. And then the last thing I have to touch on is the little league world series. Um, last night's 
There were two elimination games. Um, Texas beat New Jersey, so New Jersey went home. And New Hampshire ended up routing Oregon 14-6. to uh, New Hampshire scored eight runs in the last couple of innings to end up winning the game. They are currently taking on Ohio right now, and Ohio is up 2-0 on the bottom of the fifth. Ohio looks like they're going to take this one. Um, so New Hampshire looks like they're going to be going home unless they can find some magic here. The next game to go on is Nebraska and Texas. Loser goes home. Then we have the four undefeated teams still standing play tonight. California versus South Dakota. And I think that pitcher is going to be on the mound tonight for South Dakota. And then Michigan and Hawaii play. So, at the end of today, there will be six teams remaining in the tournament. So for the the two games tonight between the four undefeated teams, do basic so the two winners punch their ticket to the semis. Then, yep, two winners punch their tickets to the semis. The two losers go and play the winners of the Ohio, win. New Hampshire, Nebraska, Texas. Whoever wins those two plays the loser of each of those games, and then the championship. Obviously, um, it's double elimination tournament. So whoever wins that semifinals game will have to lose twice on Saturday um, if they want to be beaten for the so the final. Wait a second. That doesn't make sense. Gotcha. Okay, so. There, there is a bronze. There's a bronze game. Oh, okay. I, I had this all fucked up. So Saturday is actually the semifinals, where you have the final four teams. Saturday, Sunday, you have consolation game at nine a.m. Um, Central, followed by the Little League home run derby followed by the championship game at two o'clock on Sunday. So the little league world series will be over on Sunday, unless there's more rain delays um, that take on this event. But from what I've seen and they broadcasted, they're looking pretty good here. So who do you, have you had a chance to watch? Who do you think's going to win? I don't know. I mean, obviously when being from the Midwest, you like to have, like to represent that Midwest. Yeah, Michigan's looking good. Um, I don't know. I really like Texas, though, just with. Yeah, they play next. Yeah. I don't know. I the I, I mean, I've watched. The only team I haven't watched yet is um, California, towards California. I haven't watched that team yet. They're fucking good, dude. Yeah. They are very, they're very good. Their scores so far in the tournament, because, like, I was looking at that, they are number one. Them and Hawaii are the top two scoring leaders. California won 10-2 to two their first game. Hawaii won 9-1. to one. Then Michigan won 8-0. Um, Texas won 6-0. Then the next time the teams played, Hawaii won 11-3. California won 9-0. And then Michigan won six to five off the grand slam that they had late. And they were down oh. five. They were down five zero, and they came back and fucking won six to five. So, otherwise, they had have been actually playing in the next game. All right. 
But yeah, those two teams are the two powerhouse teams that are putting up fuck tons of runs. Yeah. And what they're saying, this New Hampshire team that's playing right now, out of the whole tournament, there's only been 12 home runs hit total. This New Hampshire team has seven of them, and the rest of the whole thing has five. Yeah. Well, they had like three or four last, just in last night's game when they put up 14 runs. They had four. Four. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. I mean, like, obviously, obviously to like pick California or Hawaii or kind of the obvious picks, but it's kind of fun to see one of these lower teams that are expected to make an early exit, make a run. So it'd be cool to see that picture from South Dakota run the whole show. Yeah. Cause you can do it in 526 pitches. He's only allowed one hit. <laughs> one hit and probably like 10 games pitched. Yeah, which is unreal. So I mean, it, it, if he can, if he can keep it going, obviously they're gonna win it. If he literally, if he, if he keeps that streak going, you can't, you can't win a game if you can't hit the ball. <laughs> and you're going against one of the top scoring teams tonight, so that's gonna be the test. Yeah, because at some point you're gonna be facing Hawaii or California or Michigan teams that can fucking put up eight runs easy. Oh, and South Dakota's on the California side of the bracket, right? Yeah, they play California at 4 o'clock and then Michigan-Hawaii at 6.30. Yeah, I mean, I'm fucking jacked, dude. Literally all day. Yeah, especially since that rain delay. I feel like it's just been back-to-back-to-back-to-back games the last day and a half here. Yeah, because normally the elimination games are by themselves so, like, normally there would have been only the elimination two games today, and then the winner's games would have played tomorrow. But now you have all of them jam-packed to fit in by Sunday. Yeah. People have to go to work on Monday. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All these people have planned the 29th is the championship. Like, all these vacations and stuff from all these families that made the trip out and their teams that made it. It's like, yeah, we got to go back to work on Monday. Yeah. Hey, boss, raid delay. Yeah, you need to stay another day. <laughs> uh, that's good shit. But yeah, that's all I had for today. Yeah, that's all I had as well. Uh, we can wrap things up here then. All right, sounds good. Well, thank you everyone for stopping by. Uh, we really appreciate all the love and support that we continue to get from our amazing audience, you guys. Um, don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, give us five stars. Um, in the rating helps move up that algorithm. Don't forget to follow us on all of our other social media accounts, which you can find in the description link below. Um, Yeah, I think that was a pretty solid show today, and we will be back on Friday. See you Friday, everybody.